0: about it at all? No, okay, that's all right. Hopefully I'll be going through our minds these next couple days. All right, so here we go, we're gonna start. We're talking today about reclaiming friendship. Reclaiming, okay? So when I went online, I, I'm like researching friendship. Naturally, what does any researcher do at the beginning? They type it into Google, right? And they see what comes up, okay? So you type into Google something about friendship and you get all sorts of articles Um, that are like this, 10 types of friendship, or these are different titles I came across, eight types of friends you need to have, the 19 kinds of friends, or 10 types of odd friendships you're probably part of, or the 19 friendships that you make when you're in your 20s. And, And what we see here is that there's different kinds of friends out there, right? And so what I want you to do for a few minutes with a person sitting near you is try to come up with a couple different types of friendships. They can be serious. They can be funny. Hopefully they're not hurtful to anyone in the room like, that guy over there is, no, don't do that, okay? Different types of friendships. Talk about it with someone next to you. We're going to make a list. Go. Um, Go. So, yeah, a couple more here. Uh, Friends whose laugh is funnier than their joke. (laughs) Friends who won't stop talking in the group chat. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Todd kicked up our group chat again the other day. Friends who always get you in trouble, hey. friends who only want to talk about themselves, friends who are up for anything, friends who are a little bit cooler than you are, friends who don't know any of your other friends. That's kind of like what you were saying, Lissa, right? Like you got the friend in the specific group and they don't know any of your other friends. Uh, friends who always need to be better than you. Okay, so there's lots of different categories. Those are ones that we're on the internet. So today we're going to talk about reclaiming friendship, and I think that this and those kind of show us how loosely we use the word friend, right? So we use the word friend to talk about all sorts of people, but I'd hope that as you kind of look at that list, and as you look at all the people in your life who fall into those categories, that you wouldn't really say that all these people are really your friends, would you? Would you say that all these people are really your friends? Maybe. Okay. My argument is that we need to reclaim the word friendship and what we really mean by that. Okay. Um, According to me, my teenage years, my experience, um, I think that friendship is something that we really long for. And we call anyone really who gives us attention a friend, right? Because it's nice to have someone who gives you attention and is willing to hang out with you. But if they fall into some of these categories, they may not really be your friend. Facebook. Facebook has done a lot for the word friend, right? So Facebook has largely influenced our world's definition um, by taking this word friend and applying a word that should probably just refer to, I don't know, 10, 20, 30 people in your life And applying it to hundreds, maybe even thousands of people. Who here thinks they have the most Facebook friends? The most, yeah. Okay. Um, Do you know how many you have, roughly? uh, Over a thousand. thousand. Ray Ray Reyes. Oh yeah, actually no. Ray Reyes. The person who has the most Facebook friends here is Jeff Goodman. He's Uh, over like 50,000 friends. Who wouldn't wanna be Jeff's friend? I, I looked at my Facebook, I've like never really looked to see how many friends I actually have on there. I was surprised to see that I have 365 friends, which is a lot one for me. day for friend. Right, yes, a friend a day. <laughs> so exactly, if I were to keep in touch with each of these friends and really be a friend to each of these friends, I would need to call one a day basically, right, to, to stay in touch. Which still, I don't know if calling someone once a year qualifies them as your friend but it's closer than what I really do, which is look at pictures they post and maybe sometimes (laughs) click like, but that's about it, right? So friendship has been redefined by Facebook, and it's being applied to tons and tons of people in in our lives, and I don't think it should be, okay? Second, Facebook and just the digital age in general has allowed us to lose authentic friendship, or rather has caused us to lose authentic friendship. Okay, so we use our gadgets to replace deeper forms of communication. So this might come to a blow for some of you, as a blow to some of you, but Snapchatting someone is different than talking to them. Texting them is different than talking to them. Looking at their timeline on Facebook has a different effect on your relationship than actually talking to that person. Okay, So our gadgets actually keep us from engaging one another, and they actually keep put distance in between us. You guys know that when you're in a group of friends and the conversation gets quiet or awkward, what happens? You pull out your phone, right? People pull out their phones, and we don't know how to do friendship to the extent that we don't even know how to sit with silence between one another for longer than a few seconds before we get that phone out and start disengaging from the people who are right in front of us right so facebook and phones and you could also say tv video games netflix all of these things are taking us away from engaging in genuine relationship with one another and so today we're going to talk about how we need to reclaim friendship and we need to begin reclaiming friendship ...by looking at a couple of passages from Proverbs. So I got them up here. We're just going to look at two short Proverbs today, okay? Now one thing you have to know about Proverbs... ...is that Proverbs have to be understood in a certain way. A Proverb is teaching you a principle, okay? A Proverb is not a promise, okay? So you can't go and take one Proverb from the book of Proverbs... ...and base your entire life on that one Proverb and say that everything has to live in accord. Let's just I mean I did not plan on doing this, but here we go. We're doing random biblical. I'm going to randomly choose a proverb. Let's see here. Argue your case with your neighbor himself and do not reveal another's secret. I don't know what that means. Let's choose. <laughs> uh Whoever plans to do evil will be called a schemer. is that a promise that everyone who has ever planned to do evil is is exposed someday as a schemer not necessarily it's a principle it's a principle that is teaching us okay wisdom is too high for a fool and in the gate he does not open his mouth okay in other words a fool is not going to go speak in some public forum well that's not necessarily true it's should be true but it's not always true fools talk in all sorts of public forums, on TV, and all over the place, right? So these are general principles that we need to apply. They aren't just promises. So we're going to look at two of these principles. The first one is this. Proverbs eighteen twenty four. a man of many companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. What two types of people are being described in this proverb? Two types of people. Louise? Okay, it's not really talking about your brother. It's just talk, so the second one is talking about a friend who is closer than a brother. Okay, what's the first half mentioning? Yeah. I was just going to say, I be like a person that has like a bunch of like, Right, so it's comparing someone who has a friend to someone who has many companions, right? So really the two words that are being compared here are companions, there's many companions, and there's someone with a friend, right? And what we see here is that I think all of these categories on our whiteboard could be put down into two different areas. They could be true friends, or they could be fake friends, in other words, The Bible teaches us that there's such a thing as real friends that are true friends, and there's such a thing as lots of companions who are not true friends, whether you call them fake friends or acquaintances, whatever you want to call them, okay? So friends who genuinely care about you are your true friends, and companions, people who don't generally care about you, are not. So, um... The main thing we might see from this is that not everyone we call a friend is really a friend, right? So we said we have lots of friends who fit into these categories, but this proverb is saying not everyone that we call our friend is really a true friend. In other words, it's also saying that the quality of our friend, okay, so having one friend, a friend, a good one, is better than having many companions, okay? So it's not about quantity, it's not about how many friends you have, it's about the quality of friend that you have, okay? And according to this proverb, this word friend seems to be referring to something that's really special and something that's pretty rare, right? There's just one of them for this person. Um, and it refers to something that's very valuable, that it's better to have one of these than many of those. Latham and I were, were watching uh, YouTube videos the other day, and he wanted to watch something about submarines, Okay and did you know that the uh, nuclear submarine that was built by the United States back in, well, so let's back up really quick. The biggest question that submarines have had since their invention is how do they, first of all, have enough air on board for those who are there, and how do they have enough fuel to keep going? So back when submarines were first invented and then perfected by the Germans kind of in these U-boats in World War II, they had to figure out how these German submarines would get refueled as they were out in the water because they wouldn't be able to go the whole distance and come back without getting enough fuel. And so they created submarines that were just full of fuel, and they called them the mother cows. Yep. (coughs) Yep. Joseph, mother cows, good. We're on the same page. (laughs) And the mother cow would go and have to find the other submarines, and they'd refuel them. But the problem was that in order to refuel, they would have to come up to the surface. And so enemy airplanes would be able to see them. And over time in World War II, the the allied forces destroyed all 10 of the mother cow uh, submarines so that these U-boats couldn't get uh, refueled. And so new technology was seeking how do we create a fuel source that allows the submarine to go a lot farther. And so, when the United States created the nuclear submarine, it works off of plutonium. And here's what's incredible the fuel source is a lump of plutonium the size of my fist. This lump of plutonium has powered this submarine since 1989, and it has never had to refill the plutonium. Not surprised. That's how powerful that little energy source is to fueling the submarine, and it can just go forever and ever and ever, okay? That's what a good friend is like, okay? A good friend is like this fuel source, and just one of them, a small amount of it, goes a lot further than having lots and lots of friends who aren't true friends. Is it a question about submarines? Okay, (laughs) yes, go ahead uh radioactive it is a radioactive material yes it, it not necessarily applied to the message so we can talk about it later but it is uh something that they make bombs out of and it's something that they use for a fuel source okay moving on did you guys get the illustration though yes okay good good okay so looking back at the verse what may happen to the person who has many companions what's it saying could happen to the person with many companions They can come to ruin, okay? And so what we usually think of, someone comes to ruin when bad things happen, okay? So when bad things happen to somebody and they don't have a true friend, they come to ruin. And what this proverb is saying is when bad things happen to someone, it doesn't matter how many companions they have. It doesn't matter how many Facebook friends they have. It doesn't matter how many people they have that call themselves friends. When things get really tough, if they don't have a real friend, they come to ruin, okay? So that's an important point for us to see from this. So I want you to ask yourself, as you think about your own friends, how many of your friends are true friends? How many of them would really be there for you, not just on the good days, but also on the bad days? I mean, do the people you call friends consider, you consider friends, are they even close enough to be there for you? So I have friends, and they're close friends, and I love them, but if something really bad happened, they're many states away, and they probably couldn't be here in a moment's notice, right? So do you have real friends who could be there for you? How many friends do you have that'd be willing to not just be there for you, but to sacrifice something of their own time or their own strength or energy so that they could be there to help you? Those are the real friends, not the people who call you friend or you call friend who wouldn't be there when something goes wrong. Okay? So it says that these real friends are closer than a brother. These real friends are stick with you through the good and the bad. Um, they never leave you out to dry. They never choose to please themselves over pleasing you. Not I shouldn't say never, but Generally. Um, they're willing to sacrifice their time and energy. So from this proverb, general summary, we see that there's such a thing as true friends and that one true friend is much more valuable than many people who say they're your friends. And so we should want this and we should chase after it. But there's a second proverb I want to share with you and it's this one. Proverbs 20, verse six. Many a man proclaims his own steadfast love, but a faithful man who can find. What do you guys think that means? What is that saying, anyone? Joseph? People say that they're like, oh, I can do this, I will do this, 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 but they won't always come through. They won't <laughs> always come through? Okay, yeah. So th- it's definitely saying that there are people like that. Again, we have this word many. Again, see, Many. And A, and if this is talking about friendship, if we apply it to friendship, I think what we see is that there's many people, like the many companions, who say that they're your friend. They proclaim steadfast love for you. They say they love you. I'll be there for you. I've got your back no matter what happens. There's a lot of people who say those things, but a faithful man who can find them. There should be a question mark at the end there. But what the proverb is saying is, it's hard to find someone who actually lives up to these words. It's hard to find someone who isn't just all talk and is actually a real friend. It's telling us that there is more to being a friend than just calling yourself a friend, and that not everyone who says they're your friend really are your friend. A lot of these categories over here could kind of fall under someone who says they're your friend but really isn't a friend. What are some of them? Pick out a category here who, you know, they may say they're your friend, but they're not really your friend. Virtual friends. Okay, maybe some virtual friends. Okay, if that's all it is, if your friendship is purely virtual, it's only over the internet, um, you might wonder, are they really my friends? Yes. Forced friends. Forced friends, right? Unless it turns into a voluntary thing, it might start forced, but if you're always being forced to be friends, it's probably not the real thing. The friends who like to party and do drugs. do drugs, okay. All right, so friends who party and do drugs, that category. Pets. Probably not your real friends. Pets. Really? The pets aren't your real friends? Yeah. They can't talk back. They can't really help you at all. They can't give you wise and godly counsel. He may protect you. That is right. They might comfort you, yeah. Are we talking about dogs or cats? We're talking about two very different categories here cats will not comfort you. Noelle? The which one? The one shared interest friend. Yeah, if, if your friendship doesn't go deeper than your love for whatever it is, then it may not be that deep of a friendship. Maddie? The frenemy. The one who sometimes is your friend, but sometimes is your worst enemy. Not really a friend. Last one, Elise. <laughs> Yeah, those friends who have a negative impact, the the ones that get you in trouble, right? The ones that you come away being worse after hanging out with them. Not all of these friends are real friends. Many a man proclaims his steadfast love. They may tell you, I'm your friend, I love you, I got your back. But in reality, a faithful man, a faithful friend, is hard to find. Okay, so in friendship, what matters most is not what you say about your friendship. Or in your friendship, what matters most is what you do in your friendship. Anyone can say they're close friends. What matters is whether or not they really are. Okay, so faithfulness means that they're there for you. Uh, They're there for you when times get tough. They don't leave you. Um, And this type of friend is hard to find, but worth finding. But worth finding. I want to point just to a minute about how both of these categories... Point to Jesus. Okay, Jesus satisfies both of these proverbs. So when it says that there's a man of many uh, companions may come to ruin, but there's a friend who sticks closer to a brother, there is no friend who has stuck closer to us than Jesus. Jesus is the only friend we have or ever will have who will stick with us through the most difficult trials of our life. And not only does he stick close to us in trials, but he sticks close to us into the trials and the messes that we've gotten ourselves into, okay? You guys ever heard the saying something along the lines of a friend, you know, backs you up even when they know you're wrong, okay? Jesus is the one who sticks close to us even when he knows we're the ones who created the mess that we're in. And he doesn't just stick close to us. He gets us out of the mess by taking the hit by taking the problem upon himself and ultimately by dying for us. So Jesus is the friend who sticks closer to us than any brother. Jesus is also the faithful man that the proverb says, a faithful man who can find. What do you guys think the word, what's the word faithful mean? What's the word faithful mean? Can I the promise. Okay, yeah, so they wouldn't break their promises, right? They're, they're true to what they say. Good, good. Anything else? Faithfulness? Trustworthy, they have got credit, like you know they're going to come through. They're always going to come through, right? There's never a problem that's going to be so bad that Jesus says, well, I've helped you out of your stuck situation too many times, now you're on your own. Okay, so Jesus is always faithful to those who follow him. He's always there for us. All right, so Jesus is the perfect friend. And we're going to talk more about that in a couple of weeks. But as we think about how we apply these to our own life, there's two questions that I want us to have in mind. And these are the two questions that we're going to be asking ourselves for the next couple of weeks as we talk about friendships. The first one's important, but the second one is more important. The first friend is, is, are my friends true friends? It's asking the question of, as I look at my friendships and as I evaluate the friendships I have, do I have true friendships or do I have lots of companions who aren't really true friends? But the second one is even more important. The second question is, am I being a true friend to others? And I'll explain in just a second why it's more important because they're actually related to each other. So, as you evaluate your own friends... As you think about your own friends here today, okay, so first of all, take a minute, think about your friends. Go through your mind. Three, four, five, 2,000 friends. Picture them. Okay, so here's a question. Do you have friends that you can rely on? Do you have friends that are closer than a brother? Do you have friends who are there for you? And I want to point out that it's not just that there's more marks of friendship than just that they're there for you. There's a lot of friends who are there for you, but when they're there for you, they give you terrible advice. Okay, C.S. Lewis says, "Friendship makes good men better and bad men worse." So there are friends that you can have in your life that'll make you better, and there are friends you can have in your life that'll make you worse. Proverbs thirteen twenty says. Whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. Okay, so this isn't the only mark of friendship, that they're there for you, but it's a start. So are your friends there for you? Are they reliable? Or are you realizing that maybe you're just surrounded by lots of companions and no true friends? Or maybe you don't have lots of companions or true friends. Okay, so then we need to focus on ourselves. Am I being a true friend to others? I said that this is the most important question. This is more important than the first question because no matter what your friend's situation is, the only way for you to have true friends is not to go on some sort of like friend Easter egg hunt where you're trying to find the true friend and then get them to be your friend. That's not how it works. The way to have true friends is to be a true friend. One quote I read was, The secret of friendship... It's just like the secret of all spiritual things. The way to get is to give. The way to get good friendship is to give good friendship. The way to have true friends is to be a true friend. And so it's easy for us to kind of lament the fact that, oh, I don't have great friends. And so we have to ask ourselves, have I been a great friend? And it's at this point, this series, guys, is going to be really, I I, I perceive it to be uh, something that's going to be impactful for me as I go through it. I look back on my years as a friend, and I left high school, went to college, and there's really not many high school people I keep in touch with, almost zero. And I would ask myself, well, why is that? Well, I thought, "Oh, it's just because I didn't, you know, I, I didn't try to keep in touch with them very much. I didn't go to the reunions or whatever it was. And then I look back at my college friends, and there's really not a whole lot of my college friends that I keep in touch with. And some of that is life. Some of that is moving away and all that stuff, and that's normal. But the truth of the matter is, as I look at this, I can evaluate myself and realize (coughs) I haven't been a great friend. As I look at these descriptions, I realize one of the reasons I don't have more friendships is because I really haven't pursued people to be a great friend. I've always liked to have good friends and liked it when people pursued me. But as I look back on my life, I realize that I haven't been a great friend. I, when we would go places with my family, I have five brothers. And so the five of us, brothers, six of us together, we could kind of like form our own inner circle and exclude other people because we had each other And so you might say, well, it's not so bad. At least you have each other. But then I look at my life and I think, have I really done a great job of keeping in touch with my brothers? And even those guys who were supposed to be my closest friends, I haven't really kept in touch with them very well. So I can tell you that even by studying just for today, I already feel convicted of the fact that I have not been the true friend that I could have been. And so I feel challenged, and I want to challenge you guys, that this is a good thing. Being a true friend, having true friends is a good thing. It's something we should long for. And the only way we get it is by giving it. And so I want to, I'm about halfway through life probably. I would like the second half of my life to be characterized by better friendships than the first half was. So I'm going to ask you guys um, a few questions about how you can be a better friend this week. that's my challenge, is for you to be a better friend this week. So consider how you can be a better friend to those that you, were, you wish you were better friends with. So if you see somebody you're like, and I, I really wish that we were better friends, don't ask, why isn't that person more my, like a better friend with me? Ask, how can I be a better friend to that person? And based on these proverbs that we've studied today, you might by, begin by asking, where are they hurting and where are they struggling and how can I be there for them this week? How can I be there so that they will not be someone with many companions who comes to ruin? How can I be close to them in their struggles and their trials? And if you don't even know about struggles or trials in your friends' lives, I guarantee they're there. Everyone has trials. Everyone has struggles. Everyone has things that they're wrestling with. So maybe the first step for you is just starting a conversation with someone and asking, what's going on in your life? Where is life hard? Where are you struggling? How can I be there for you? How can you sacrifice your time and your energy to be a better friend this week? What can you give up just to be near someone? What can you give up to gain a little bit of extra time so you can call a friend? You guys know that your phone does that, right? It makes phone calls. You know, you actually talk to people, not just type. I know, I know, it's crazy. One of the categories of friend that I found was that friend who always calls you instead of texting. And the picture was someone who's like, oh, I hate it when they actually call me instead of texting me. I mean, that in itself is just an indicator of the fact that we like to keep everybody distant from us because talking on the phone means you have to be vulnerable. You don't get to think about, oh, how am I going to word this and which emoji am I going to put next to it? Talking requires intimacy and real-life interaction. We don't like that anymore, okay? Okay. So think of someone that you can be a friendship. Friendship is one of the sweetest relationships that God has given us. So my challenge to you this week is to bless others by being a friend. And I think you'll find that in the end, you too will be blessed. That you'll see that you have gained a friend by being a friend. Let me close us in prayer. We'll be done for this morning. Lord Jesus, I pray for these guys and gals this morning. Friendship is such an important and sometimes challenging topic in our lives. And I long for them to have deeper friendships than I had growing up. And I long for them to realize that they can have that by being a friend and not by putting the weight on someone else to be a better friend to them. So I pray, Lord, that each one of us might be better friends in the days to come, that we'd be better friends to the people that you've put in our lives and that we would reap the reward of that and that we would do so knowing that you are the greatest friend anyone could ever have, that you are faithful, and that you are there for us in our time of need, keeping us from going into ruin. We thank you for that, Jesus. In your name, amen.